Welcome to my so-called Opera Life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower, and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, we'll explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life, humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works. Each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so-called opera lives. Today we wanted to talk about something um, which is goals and scheduling and daily routines. I am fascinated by people's daily routines. I don't know why. I guess it's part of my nosy personality, but like just wondering like, what is that person doing all day? <laughs> you know? Like, what are you doing? I mean, I'm always, I, I think I have like a fascination with that too, because I think my favorite section of like Harper's Bazaar is when they do like a day in the life of somebody famous what and they that? like, they run through their whole day. It's a fashion magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they'll run through, like, their whole day and be like, at 10 a.m., I, I have my avocado toast or whatever. <laughs> but I think, like, it's always, like, I want to see into their life. Yeah. But also, I'm always looking for, like, what's what's the magic bullet thing that they do that maybe makes them successful that I could start to do to help me be more successful. Right. And, I mean, I mean as opera singers, we have, like, kind of weird lives, you know? And everybody has a different life. And you can meet somebody and just not really know what they do, even if you know them as an artist. Right, right. On the day on the day to day. Right, right. And I think like what's what's most interesting about finding that out about people is that I we we inherently as singers understand like how much time our craft takes to get to a point where you can be a competitive <clears throat> singer and then to find that somebody who's being really successful in the opera world also has like a successful business on the side. You're like, how are you managing these two things? What right. is the secret what to your doing? time management? I've met singers that do real estate. I've met singers that do antiquing. I've met singers that do everything. Right. Well, I mean, if you've been a singer that does teaching on the side. Right. Teaching. You know, that, that alone, like I have 11 students in my studio right now and like the amount of work I have to do just to keep on top of what is each student singing what exercises work better for some versus others? Like, there's a lot to think about. So what's your daily routine? Uh, my daily routine, so just kind of an overview of how I make my daily routine work. Um, because I don't think I have any real set thing that I do every day. It tends to vary depending on what my day looks like. I think neither of us have a daily routine, right? right. We both have jobs where every day is different. But there are things that we try to do or that we do every day. Maybe we try or maybe we actually do every day, right? Right. So, like, for me, the only thing I actually do nearly every... I don't do anything every day. This is the same, <laughs> to be honest. But I do try to have a good breakfast every day. That's okay. one of the things that I always do. Sometimes it means, like, just going to Starbucks, getting a coffee and the little sous vide eggs. Because it's Those are thing. so good. They're so good and there's no carbs in them. <laughs> Um, so sometimes I get that if I have something in the morning, if I'm at home, then I always make breakfast. I do it every day. I used to feel really guilty about it. I usually watch TV while I do it. And sometimes that means I don't start my day till later. Mm -hmm. And 
I used to feel really guilty because it's like you should start your day with exercise or you should be, you know, working before 11, you know, but then, and, and I'm still working on that, obviously, but sometimes I work till like 10 or 11 at night. Right. So I kind of have to balance it and I value the mornings. I don't, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough not to have to set an alarm most days. I take the mornings and give myself time, and it's one of the only times of the day that I'm not rushing, which I'm a rusher in general, so um, I think it's nice to have the morning. And I watch my Bravo TV, my favorite Yay. housewives, and I make my breakfast. Right. So I know you have sort of something similar. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you on the guilt about, like, not getting your day started, because, like, certainly, like... My family was always like, be up with the sunrise. And my dad was like a 6 a.m. riser and doesn't understand people who sleep in. And my partner, he, um, you know, he has to get up. He has to like be in his office by 8, 30, 9 o'clock. So he's up early. So I definitely struggle with that guilt of like, oh, well, if I don't start my day early, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> but I've come to the realization that you have too. It's like, no, like my, my work usually is later in the day, mm-hmm. you know, at least two to three times a week, I have a rehearsal that's going to have me working until 930 at night. I need to do like my self care wind down stuff really in the morning right. because I'm going to be working and then come home and then crash and go to sleep and not really have time to like wind take down. care of myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wake up, my alarm is set for eight so that I'm like awake when my partner leaves so I can like say goodbye to him and um, tell him I love him and you know, the very <laughs> relationship <laughs> things that happen. But mm, me getting out of bed before 9 a.m. is a rare thing mm-hmm. unless I have something to do in the morning. Right. Three times a week when I get up, I go to the gym and I get a run or I do some yogurt or whatever. Um, but usually most mornings I get dressed um, and then I will play I'm an avid Pokemon Go player (laughs) so part of my routine is to walk to my local coffee shop play some Pokemon Go on the way there get my cup of coffee take a stroll back I'll usually detour through the park and just like enjoy being outside Uh, and then come home and usually then I sit down if I'm hungry for breakfast I'll make breakfast but usually what I do is I sit down with my bullet journal and lay out my day and be like okay what am I how am I scheduling the rest of the day what are the top three things that I need to get done today and get going from there? Yeah. I've been, like I said before, like obsessed with people with scheduling and like how to manage time, especially as I've gotten more and more busy and more things on my plate. Mm-hmm. Um, managing everything is really hard. So that kind of brings us to our next part. Right. You know, how do you, you know, you, a lot of people don't have a daily routine in this, in this business. So how do you keep track of that? And for me, I've I've started to put a priority on planning out the week or the day or both mm-hmm. as much as possible. I'm a again like a rusher, so I a lot of times just I'm like I have a deadline or I really want to do this today and I'm just gonna do it right this second. And I start finding myself like I'll complete the task, but then there's so many tasks and they just build and build and build and build, and it's like you know, it's very important for me to see what I need to do now, what needs to be done this week, what needs to be done this month. Mm-hmm. So what I've started doing is I always plan out my week. So I see when I have times to do, when I have chunks of time to do things. But then I started um, organizing things into categories. So 
I've tried a number of things. Writing it down is the best for me. I tried tasks, um, Google tasks, but now I just use my index cards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have index cards up here that have like, you know, um, the auditions, the schedule of my auditions. So I can see, okay, I have an audition on November 7th. I need to learn that rep before right. November 7th. Right, right. <laughs> Um, and then different categories like uh, voiceover, um, podcast, rep, you know, and practice stuff. Right. And I just separate it by that. So that's kind of how I organize. Yeah. So I'd use the bullet journal because of how flexible it is because it's literally a blank yeah. notebook of any kind. And um, for me, I, t I kind of like have a set thing now because um, for me, it's like a to-do list I can't plan ahead because I do um, just like it's a daily one. So I don't do like there's some people who get like really fancy and they do weekly spreads and monthly spreads. So you can do like advanced planning. For me, I do like advanced appointments and stuff just in my Google calendar, mm. um, which is, works for me. Um, where I tend to get stuck is the feeling of like if my to do list is in my head, I feel really overwhelmed and mm -hmm. then I don't <laughs> accomplish anything because I don't know where to start. Right. But if I have a place to like, put it down on paper, um, then it's out of my head and then I can take actionable steps. So with my bullet journal, I will sit down in the morning, put in my appointments for the day that are there and then have my to-do list and all of my stuff from the days before there. And then I will pick out of the to-do list for the day and also out of like previous days of things that I hadn't quite gotten done, like what my top three things are that I want to make sure get done that day. It also serves as my journal as well. So it's a, it's mm -hmm. a really flexible space. Right. If you don't know about bullet journaling, like I would say, check out the website. We'll post a link in the show notes. For me, it's worked really well. But I will also, on a kind of a micro level with my Google Calendar on a day-to-day -day basis then, some days I'm better about this than others, but I'll do like a really specific schedule for the day where mm -hmm. I'm going to, from this time to this time, answer those emails that I needed to get back to, right. that kind of thing, and color code it, because color coding for me helps me to see, like, how I'm distributing my time. And then if you zoom out a little bit, I do what you do about every three months, where I will make a, like, a visual schedule, like, just on a piece of graph paper, where I will see, like, okay, here's all my students, here's right. my choir rehearsals, here's my podcasting time that's already allocated, so that I can visually see where I have blocks of time on in general on any given day. Mm -hmm. And then I know actually how much free time I have to devote right. to extra things outside of my regular work. Right. Um, and that just helps me to know, you know what? No, I have to say no to this thing that sounds really fun that I'd like to do in terms of like maybe starting some voiceover work. Right now I don't have the hours and the day to right. actually like devote to that. That would not take away from the stuff that I'm already committed to. Right. I think that taking the time to look at your schedule is important. And sometimes I feel, in the past, I felt like, well, I don't have enough time to do that. Right. I, I know that. I know that feeling very well. <laughs> but it really is, it helps your stress level, but it helps your pr productivity as well. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of singers, we know that we have these auditions, we have performances, and I think too often we don't notice those things until all of a sudden there's like two weeks left. Right. And if you have a place that you can look if it's a Google Calendar or if it's a piece of paper that has, you know, important dates that you add and, and take away as they come, like performances, it can help you 
you know, memorize the music in advance. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, like, in my bullet journal, I have a spread that I use post-its on so it can change where I'm like, you know, what's the music I have to learn? And on a post-it, I have, like, the due date that it, like, needs to be ready to go by and then the piece. And it also serves as, like, this beautiful thing at the end of the year. Like, when I'm um, done with one, I put all the post-it notes in one place. So at the end of the year, I get to see, like, oh, my God, there's, like, literally 60 post-it notes in here. This is all the music I've learned this year. Like, go me. (laughs) Look at all this music I've done. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, to speak to the auditions and stuff, I think one of the things we we often short-trained ourselves, or at least I know I did. I was like, oh, I, I can fit in 15 minutes of doing Yap Track or whatever every day. And then doing the overview made me realize this is like, I can't do that. I have an actual set block of time once a week where I sit down with Yap Tracker and then I put out my applications that I have to for that week because like I can't make the commitment to every day. My schedule is so right. varied. Um, and then also it feels like I know we live in this culture that wants us to like make every minute feel productive. I know. But I burn out so quickly when I do that where I'm like every minute is scheduled and when I can just say, like, nope, I have an hour on Tuesdays where I do my application work, and, like, that's a dedicated time for that, then the rest of the week I'm not worrying about right. it, one. And then, like, if on a Friday night I'm like, you know what, I'm done for the day 45 minutes early, and now I'm just going to go for a happy hour. I'm not sitting there feeling guilty because, oh, I didn't do, but you I didn't do, do your that tracker today. Yeah, I know. Um, I think to do something every day is when it comes to yap track, like, or when it comes to a task like that, is overwhelming versus like that's different from like I'm gonna like take a walk for 15 minutes every day Mm -hmm. or exercise or Mm -hmm. even practice for 15 minutes right something that you can do that's not like that's not like too specific I guess right is good you know um so there's two there's two things that I've found helpful I guess so one is the egg timer you can if you get an actual egg timer it probably is even better but for something like Yap Tracker or even for practicing, mm-hmm. for sending out emails, mm-hmm. you set your time and then you do whatever's done in that time and then you move on that day. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that you really want to get done every day, that's a great way to implement it without feeling like, because what happens inevitably when you get on Yap Tracker is you're on it for three hours. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So... Um, and the emails too. I used to say, I'm going to email this person and this person and this person today. And then I would realize that took me so much longer than I thought. Right. Whereas now I say, I'm going to be on my email for this length of time or for this from nine to to 10, because I need to just check up on it and whatever gets done in that time gets done. Right. I will say though, interestingly enough that the most busy people I know are always the fastest people to get back to me on email, mm. which I find fascinating. Right. I, I struggle with that one myself too. Like there's some, I try to gauge how time sensitive things are because I'm, I want to be really careful not to become that person that doesn't have any boundaries around when they reply to people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want to be the person that will like reply to you at, if you email me at 1030, then I'm going to reply to you at 1032 because I like at night because I know for myself, like I, I tend to be a little bit of a workaholic and I need to set boundaries for myself around like times. There are stuff. times yeah. for this, to, <laughs> that it's okay to reply to these emails and there's a cut off at the end of the day where the work is done. Yeah. Otherwise my partner feels like I don't or value my time with him. Right. Right. 
Um, what I have started doing more is, um, I used to kind of ignore an email if I didn't know the answer uh, or a text. And now I try my best to respond right away. Even if it's to say, I got your email, I will think about it and get back to you mm -hmm. within a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and people really, really, I think, appreciate that. They um, appreciate knowing that, like, you, you heard it, you're thinking about it, that right, you're not ignoring them. People know you're on your fucking phone all day, mm -hmm. you know, and then you get a text and that person doesn't text you back and it's not professional. Within a certain, within, obviously, I would say within 24 hours at this day, if this, at this point in the, in life, like, if you can, if you can make that a goal, obviously, you don't get back to everyone in 24 hours. Right. But you gotta try. Yeah, to I get mean, back I will say, I will days. say this. I do not have push notifications for email on my phone. So unless I go to check my email, I don't know that emails are coming in. Like I've done that very intentionally um, because I know that otherwise I would be on my phone nonstop. So like if you email me and you've missed my email checking window for the day, I probably won't see it. Yeah, but <laughs> until for the, the day. next time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I do have a, a method in terms of my inbox where, like, if I if it is something that I need to reply to somebody to, I the email stays marked as unread. Because mm -hmm. that is my way to know, like, there is a question here that I need to, like, I need to let this person know that I've received their message. I wish text messages could do that. I know, text is, text is bad. Because, for my, like, my problem is oftentimes with text messages is, like, I will see a text message come in and I'll check it but may not actually be able to reply in the moment. And I am one of those people where, like, I will see the text message and then, and then forget and about it. And immediately forgot that it came Me in. Too. I do it, too. <laughs> We're at this point in life now where even a text is is overwhelming sometimes. It's it's crazy. And that's right. why, I mean... You, but it's also that you're busy. You're doing right. other things if you can't reply in that no, moment. No, it's, like, yeah, it's everyone. I'm not going to remember. You forget. You know, do your best. That's all. Yeah. So how do we set larger goals? I think this is a thing that um, trips a lot of people up. I know it tripped me yeah. up for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm a definitely an ideas person. And then the execution of said ideas is a is a difficult and often overwhelming thing. And I, and I feel like talking to other people that this is a common occurrence. Yeah. I have heard so many people say they didn't want to create goals because they felt like they would limit themselves by creating them Ooh. which is especially singers which is really funny because it's like to me that's reading as you're afraid to say you want something in case you don't get it right there there's certainly a good way to set goals in a, and a, and and a, a less yeah. less good way to set goals right like we can talk about the common goal that people have of saying well my goal as an opera singer is to sing at the met Mm -hmm. And one, that's a goal you don't really have control over at all. And once you're there, then what? Where instead you could set more specific goals. Like a, a goal that's very specific is going to be much more helpful. Right. Um, the other thing is you, you want to sing at the Met. If you have that as a goal, I would encourage you to look at why is that your goal? Mm -hmm. Is it because it's a large hall? Is it because of the quality of the singers? Mm -hmm. Is it the prestige? Um, 
and, you know, try to be honest with yourself. Um, because if you can get to the heart of the, of the goal and not just like a location is not really a goal, right? Mm -hmm. There's something behind that reason of singing at the Met that you need to figure out. And you're, what do you, if you sing at the Met, what if you're singing some, you know, what, what, what role is that look like? And what, what is the whole day? Right. Or, or is, you know, being in the Met chorus, like, right. Does that check that box for you? Also that goal, if you are a young singer who's never been done a artist program right now, that is a goal for many, many years down the road. You need about 10 more goals before that. Right. <laughs> right. Start with right. something else. Right. Right. Because <laughs> the, the rule, the, the general rule of thumb for goal setting is you set your goal and then break it down into actionable steps. Yeah. It's worth talking about, like, how do you, what is the process for setting the goals? And one of it is, like, at a basic level, like, having the courage and the self-love enough to be able to actually articulate, what is it that I want? Yeah. And to actually believe that you deserve it enough to, like, put it down on paper and say it out loud, Um, which was something that I learned from, I did a consultation with uh, Cindy Sadler, Business of Singing Forum. Awesome well worth the investment if you can get down to her business classes um because she talks about this like make your wish list give yourself permission to put your most outlandish Mm -hmm. wildest dreams even if you can't know what they are and put them down on paper um because it's really important in terms of your development and actually learning how to improve yourself to give yourself the permission to see yourself doing the thing that you think is unattainable even if it is singing at the mat right it's not like you can't have that goal but we have to look at it closely. There are some really nice, I like to do on a yearly basis to kind of do some goal setting. And there's like some free resources. Um, one of my favorites is called the Year Compass. And it's literally like a 10 to 12 page printout that you can do that has you do kind of a look back on the year before, you know, think about what were some things that you loved from the year before and that you thought went well, were the things that you feel like you need some improvement. And then to, to take that review and look at how you would like the year forward to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they break it out into personal goals, professional goals, financial goals, health goals. And for me, that's for the past few years been a really excellent way uh, to bring a little more focus. Yeah. And also to like doing the review part has for me been very important to be like, wow, like I did accomplish a lot right. last year. I think in this career I can feel like we're treading water a lot. Yeah. And to think back and go, no, but wait, I, pro- I self-produced a recital right. and Progress. produced six opera and tap shows and sent out a bunch of, you know, got did your a, 100 rejections, got my 100 <laughs> rejections. And like, that's, that's, those are important milestones. It is. It is. Yeah. I did a similar thing. I, I did a coaching with Ann Baltz and she, um, she talked about, um, looking at goals and we talked about Um, we talked about them and it was the first time I kind of was able to really see what my goals were. Um, I think it's totally true what you say. Like we just go, 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 go. And what are we going for? And if Mm -hmm. you don't, I've, I've, the older I get, the more I, I stop and think like, what am I going for? Mm -hmm. You know, I have goals like, for example, teach private voice lessons and piano lessons as part of my income perform with higher level professionals and professional companies. That was one of my goals. And then for each goal, I put the ways I'm reaching it. So like also one of my past goals was starting to get into voiceover. So for each goal, I put the ways that I'm reaching it now, additional ways I could reach it in the future. 
and uh, the barriers to the goal. So the reasons that I might not be able to achieve it um, or the challenges I might face from reaching that goal. Right. And I think as singers, especially singers that are younger that cannot support themselves through performing alone or through at least through opera performances alone, you know, setting goals and what you want your life to look like, like actually look like every day. What do you want to be doing? These goals can change as much as you want, but putting them down is not going to be like, it's not going to limit you from anything. That mindset is, well, it's problematic. Yeah. It's taking away your power in your life. Right. It's just as the, but like when you're acting in the show, specificity is your friend. Right. Yeah. Right. Because specificity helps you know where you're directing your, your action. If you're mm-hmm. just sending all of your energy willy nilly out into this thing and that thing, and you know, you're, you're going to be less effective than if you have a target to aim for. And, and one of the exercises um, I did in addition to your compass, I've also done this, this work book called your best year that I think you can still get. Um, and one of the things that that workbook did beyond just like the goal setting and the year review was it had a section specifically about what is your actual worst case scenario and how scary is your worst case scenario? Like if this goal doesn't work out for you, then what happens? Like mm-hmm. what, what does that worst case scenario look mm-hmm. like? Like face that fear head on mm-hmm. and then, and then do the work of thinking, well, if my, if the worst case scenario happens, then what do I do? Mm-hmm. And how actually scary is it on a scale of one to 10? Right. Like before I break it out, this feels like a seven, but then when I actually put it down on paper and I think through like, well, if that ha- actually did happen, Oh, maybe it's only a four. Yeah. And so many singers are doing other things that may or may not be the things they want to do. And, you know, I've in the past been critical of people with office jobs um, because it takes away from it's it's not like what I it's not what you wanted to do unless it is what you wanted to do. But I think if you're whatever job you have. If you think about the goals and you start to think about your life in terms of what you want it to look like financially and on a day-to-day and um, the things you actually want to be doing, if you continue to try to meet, you know, find actions to meet those goals, then you're not going to feel like you're stuck stuck in a rut. Right, right. I mean, one of the things that I did um, when I was still working an office job and working at Starbucks, like, there was a point where I was working a morning shift at Starbucks from like four until 11 and then working an office job from 11 until four in the evening. And then I would have dinner and then I would go to a rehearsal afterwards. Like that was my life for like a good year. And then I got to a point with my singing work where I could cut the Starbucks job and then got to the point where I could then cut the office job because I had built up my teaching enough. Um, You know, it could, I could have very well just stayed in the Starbucks office job, church job, rut right and and been burning myself out but in the like while I was there I was very specific with myself about like why am I working at Starbucks I'm working at Starbucks because I need health insurance Mm -hmm. so what I need to do is build up my singing work enough and my teaching work enough so that I have enough money to afford health insurance I will note my privilege insofar as in the middle of that I I got married and my partner has a good job with good health insurance and so that took care of that Mm -hmm. which is why then I was able to leave Starbucks And then, um, you know, my next goal then was how do I build up enough cantering and wedding work and teaching so that I don't need to work the nine to five? Right. 
you know? And you have told me in the past that like you were able to look at those numbers, like you had the, you had the planning and the foresight enough to look at the numbers and eventually see like, if I get this many more jobs in, in weddings, Mm -hmm. I can, it's going to equal the amount in office jobs, which is such a, like, it's not, it's no longer about like, oh, I just need it. And oh, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And blah, blah. It's not your heart anymore. It's like, here is the paper. And if I have, can I get three more weddings? Right. If I can get three more weddings a month, I can equal the amount of income I was making with my office job and work three times less right. in terms of time. And I think it's really, that's, it's, it's not magic. No, <laughs> it's planning. You have, you have to do the planning <laughs> and, and like, it's worth noting that took me. It takes a while. It took me between three and four years. Right. To when, get to that point. When I graduated from my master's, I started working at, um, Panera, um, which I was like weirdly obsessed with. And Panera is delicious. I just loved looking at Panera, <laughs> but I knew I didn't want to do that and I could not do it. I was doing the same thing as you. I was working like at five o'clock in the morning, get done at one, have like an hour or two break and then teach and then sometimes go to an audition. Like I was doing so many, I knew I couldn't do that forever and eventually worked at my studio enough to be able to stop right. doing the Panera job and then eventually got burned out from teaching 40 or 50 students a week and started looking into voiceover and was able to cut out some lessons and, and transition to voiceover. So, I mean, it's, it's, and, and in the future that will change also, you know, I don't know how yet, but, (laughs) but like, it's always, I just hate to see people feel or singers feel like they are just waiting for something to happen to them Mm -hmm. and goal tracking and, um, financial tracking are ways you can take power. Right. Back. And so like those, the, the steps that I took was to actually sit down. This was just one of the things Cindy Sadler t- had us do as part of the consultation we did was like, we sat down and she was like, lay a list out of all the jobs you're doing and then figure out what you're, what you're making per hour at all those jobs. See where your time versus money gained is best spent. Yeah. Do the equation of like, is this worth the time or the stress that this thing is is adding to my life or is this worth the benefit this thing is giving me to keep it in mm-hmm. um, so that you can use your time more wisely yeah. um, and feel less less scattered and more directed. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. That's, yeah, that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> we hope there is some useful information in there. Um, if you have um, ways that you know, help you set your goals, please let us know. Um, you can send us an email to info at mysocalledoperalife.com or share on social media using the hashtag mysocalledoperalife um, or just slide into our DMs because um, we would love to feature other people's perspectives and, you know, help more opera singers feel like they have uh, the power to make their own choices about their career. Yeah. Uh, following this episode, you'll be able to check out about our daily 